0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have comedian and actor, J.B. Smooth. You've seen him in classics like Curb Your Enthusiasm. He now has an advice podcast called, May I Elaborate, Daily Wisdom from J.B. Smooth. We talk about having longevity in the entertainment industry and the importance of improv. Next up. J.B. Smooth. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Give me a five star rating. Get this good old fashioned soul food deliverance. New episode every Thursday. I got the best producer, Jamila. She's on deck. Download the podcast right now. I'm going to wait. This week's theme is bad advice. <laughs> oh, gather around a campfire, boys and girls. I tell you, when I come to find out that bad advice can be a great way to get in touch with who you really are. Intuition is powerful and very rarely wrong. Have you ever heard advice from an OG, an uncle, a parent, an older brother, cousin, relative, neighbor that was older than you, more successful than you, more famous than you, had more followers than you, more richer than you, who even had more experience than you. But the advice that they gave you, it just felt wrong. And nine times out of 10, it's because it is everyone's experience is different. And all advice is not good advice. Knowing yourself and having the ability to put advice through a filter of what works for your life and what feels valid is absolutely key. My next guest is no stranger to getting and giving advice. So much so, he has his own advice podcast called May I Elaborate? Daily Wisdom from J.B. Smooth." We talked about his long career in comedy, working odd jobs and how what can start out as a failure can eventually be considered an act of genius with time. Next up, my brother from another mother, JD Smooth. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast. As you know, for those that's been with us since day one, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. My next guest, you can find him well everywhere. Seriously, turn on your TV. He's probably on right now. But most recently started his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth, tenth season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And is the host of the hit podcast. May I elaborate? Daily wisdom from J.B. Smooth. Please welcome my brother, J.B. Smooth to the show.
1: <laughs> Woo. What up, man? What up, up family?
0: I appreciate man, you know.
1: taking the time to join the show. Hey, man. Anything for you, man. You know how it is. You know what? I, I left my, I was going hey, I started wearing my glasses, man. I got my Tom Ford. <laughs> same shape as you, same shape. Yes. Same style. i started I the way up today because I call those my I call those my smart glasses. I got smart
0: Absolutely.
1: Now. No question. Cool See, I'm indoors.
0: So I need I need I can rock you outdoors. <laughs> so it's only right. You got the shades, you got the brim. And and I told you this as we started this show. Like I just love seeing my friends become successful. You know, oh, like man. you're an industry veteran. At what point did you realize that you were funny?
1: Man, you know what? I've always been one to, uh, you know, to want people to laugh and want people to have a good time, man. Even before I stepped on a stage and grabbed a microphone, I was the life of the party, man. In mm-hmm. high school, I was a, you know, most people were like class clowns. I was a hallway clown. <laughs> so in the hallways, we was notorious, man. We, we would like set up shop in the hallway, you know, leaning against somebody's locker next to the classroom, we got to go in next period and just let people have it while they're walking by, you know? How <laughs> many times I got punched in the chest by somebody, like, shut up! <laughs> a good shot to the chest, or wake your ass up, all right? Yes. A good shot to, ooh, like, ooh, <laughs> When you get up real good, but hey, that was my defense mechanism because, mm. you know, deep I'm going to tell you, deep down, though, I, I, I grew up a shy kid, mm. but when I got with Certain people and certain friends, I, I I give all my all my daring uh, personality, all my uh, you know walk on the tightrope with no net personality, you know uh, my my ability to rebound and, and forget about any stumbles. Mm. I give that to my friends who egg me on, who 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 were funny. Hilar- I had hilarious friends, but they would never get on a stage and and tell a joke. But they were hilarious and they fed me, you know, they fed me to the point where, you know, I could I could go after something that I always wanted to do, which make people happy and make people laugh, man. So, you know, Hallway Clown was it, man. Hallway Clown was the man. You
0: I know? always say in entertainment. Comedy is the toughest. Imagine being in a room full of strangers. Oh, and man. you have to attach to them to make them laugh.
1: Oh man, it, it, it is definitely um, the most to me uh, daring thing in the world. You know, you know when you when when you have to go on that stage and connect with people, and and, and you have to have not just the jokes, you gotta have the premise. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and once you once you master that, and, and you're able to people know your character. Once you develop a character and a brand, ooh man, in, in my stand up. I break rules, man. I used to break every rule in the book. One time, I did one about um. Oh, I, I separated. I made I made the the audience uh, uh, coach, and behind that curtain was first class. You know. what
0: I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I always I joke about getting on flights, <laughs> and and this oh. is when I got bougie and started being able to uh, fly first class. I was like, I feel like people should be arrested when they get on the airplane and use the first class bathroom or put their bags up there. What do you think oh. about that?
1: <laughs> sure. When you, when people, you know how people, people do that all the time? And I, and I hate to throw people under the bus, man. <laughs> but you got to throw the ass under the bus. That bag is supposed to be there. That bag, is, hey, <laughs> this guy just put his bag up there. And there's people up here who need to put their bag. I get it. <laughs> I get it, I get it, man. But your your bag ain't to be there. Your bag, your bag ain't your bag pulled being coach. with you, you guys, are, you guys traveling together. You can't put your bag in first class. You, you a coach? That made no goddamn sense. That made no damn sense, man. That made no damn sense.
0: Oh man, I read wear to... at one point that you were a perfume formulator. What oh, is man. that? Did I, you I, just I, make I... perfume, or did you decide on a scent, <laughs> or what nope, is nope. that?
1: Man, I had a whole, I mean, I that was my first after school job, man. I had an after-school I had some weird jobs growing up, but that was my first after school job. It was uh it, it, I, I used to make um I, I used to work at a perfumery. And man, when I tell you, it it, it was, you know what? If if I had done it now, I would have grew my little I would have grew a little French mustache and turned the ends <laughs> and turned the ends on that bad boy. <laughs> you know what? Making perfume was unique because my, my boss at that time he was like 75, but he knew his stuff, man this dude would he would show me uh I used to um mix it, I did everything this was a little after school job, but man, the stuff I learned you know I used to uh mix it, I used to uh uh pack it, ship it. it was just me and like two other people worked there. It was a small company, so it was like me and like two other people. He had one of his older uh, another lady working there named Ruth. And she would she would fill the bottles with the with the um with the perfume and stuff. I would label the bottles, I would pack the boxes, I would ship the boxes, and then sometimes mm-hmm. he would take me into the lab. He would show me how how to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was 35 years old. He, he would just counting the days. He's like, you know what, man, I'm 75. You know, let, let me show somebody how to do this in case, <laughs> you know, it, hey, that's what you gotta do. You gotta give, you gotta give people something, man, that you got. And and that's a that's that's a good tie-in because even in in what I do now, yeah, I'm not one to hold on to secrets. I'm not one to hold on to ideas. I love that about uh, you. A, a better way of doing it, true, or, or a way to get you to your destination, man. You gain nothing by holding on to knowledge that you have for short sure, or a better route to go. You know Amen. what I mean? I put something in someone's in someone's heart and something in their head <laughs> to carry them through their dream, man. And what that dude was giving me, he was giving me little gems, man. And I, I started thinking about them. Um, you know, because sometimes they resonate with you and they stay with you a long time and you don't even yep. know they are there. Correct. He told me back in the days. I remember something spilled, right? And he pulled a, a handkerchief. Back in the days, old cats carried a handkerchief. They exactly. always carried a handkerchief in their pocket. A usable Inside one. Usable <laughs> one. Yeah, they, they had two. They had one for like miscellaneous stuff and they had one for snot. <laughs> <laughs> they had a snot one and a regular one. <laughs> so, so he would always pull it. Anytime something happened, he would always pull it out. You know what I mean? He said, you know what? He said, always, he told me, always carry uh, a handkerchief in your jacket. And, you know, he always carry one because you never know when something's going to happen and you're going to need a handkerchief. He just carry a clean one inside your jacket all the time. And I started doing that. Ain't nothing class, you pull a hanky or your lady spill a little drink on her dress or something, exactly. you pull a little hanky out of inside your coat cool pocket. And you, shake, <laughs> you, get a little, you get a little shake like that and you blot. you blot it. You didn't tap it and blot it, and yeah, blot it away. I got this. I got this, <laughs> I got this. Let, me
0: block, let me block that for you. Once I got into my 40s, I decided, I'm gonna keep some cologne handy. You know, mm. I'm 6'8", I'm 225 pounds, I gotta smell good. You know what you I'm saying? You smell good, man. Even if I'm gonna, I gotta look good, and I gotta smell good. So right. what's your favorite scent, and or your favorite scent for men and or women?
1: Woo! You know, what I like I, I like I like I like things like I like cedar wood and stuff like that because what what it does is it it, it kind of locks you in, you know what I mean, and it's not overbearing. It's like it's a little hint in the wood tones, you know what I mean. That's kind of my thing. But you also certain certain. I learned this too working for him. Every cologne and every perfume is not for you because your it, your skin really activates the cologne, not you. Oh. I mean, you your your, your, your chemistry. Is what makes that cologne smell the way it smells. Wow, you know what I mean? Wow, that, that, that's why I, I, I didn't realize that. I'm just it's not. not yeah, every bottle smells the same, but when you put it on your bottle on your body and my body, it's going to smell different because mm. it has to It has to match your chemistry of your body, your existing sense. Right. Same thing happens. I mean, here's a perfect example. This is terrible, but it's a perfect example. Somebody asked with bad breath. See, bad breath. <laughs> don't work well with every gum right (laughs) you mess around and miss miss badass breath with winter fresh let me tell you something that (laughs) like that damn winter that damn winter fresh what you be like if you don't get your ass your winter fresh ass boo-boo breath away from me get your ass uh, get out of here your damn breath is that that gum that gum ain't for you winter fresh ain't your breath ain't it's not it's not mixing with your breath, your chemistry of your mouth right now. You need a more subtle gum. You know don't you, know you need? You need bubble gum. You need no plain-ass bubble gum. You don't need no scented-ass gum because your breath is overpowering the, <laughs> the, the, the fucking oh. gum. And the gum is not working for you. See? Oh, that's, man. that's what I'm saying. It, I, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I learned little things along my journey that that seem to uh, work and it seem to uh, oh, I can man. use at my disposal. So, she- <laughs> I, I I
0: consider you a young veteran in a lot of ways because if somebody goes to like your IMDb, like so many amazing accomplishments, but at your age, as talent, as a writer, as a producer, like you 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 bring so many things to the table, and obviously for so many people they got introduced to you by Curb Your Enthusiasm and working alongside Larry David which actually Aired, it critically acclaimed
1: 10th season last year. Congratulations, my brother. I I, I, I can only say I've only been a part of six of those 10, but the span in which I have worked with Larry is extensive. Absolutely. Because it takes takes two years sometimes.
0: Yes, so what is it like? You know, with all of the, the show, the love that the show received from fans, young and old, like you've been on there six seasons. That's syndicated. I know mm-hmm. how this works, JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk yeah. to the mailbox and you get checks and you just oh. are like, oh, okay, I'm getting <laughs> the syndication money.
1: <laughs> it is absolutely the most amazing show, you know, because, you know, here's the thing I, I always want, I always loved the show. So I was a fan of the show before I got on the show. So for me, it's one of those things where, you know, I always knew. Um, that's it, it's my lane because you know as i said uh i improvise a lot mm-hmm. um you know even when we worked together you know that was me improvising just having fun and right. that is what i've been i've been blessed to be able to do and, and a lot of actors don't get a chance to you know sometimes they don't get a chance to do what they do what they do mm-hmm. it's kind of like if i relate it to basketball it's like you draft a scorer a big time scorer you got you got Dame you know, you got somebody like Curry, but you want him yep. to pass all the time. You're like, wait a minute. Right. I, want to pass. I want this dude to I want to do what he do. I Correct. want to bring him here if I want him to be a passer. I brought him here if I want him to shoot. I'm a shooter. I'm a streaky Correct. ass shooter. And, <laughs> and you know what I mean? Larry, Larry passed the ball to me, so no look passes. Man, all I want to do is, is just execute, man, and, and hit the, you know, and just, just score. Because also, you gotta know, realize I'm a writer also. So in my mind, I'm I'm, I'm acting and I'm writing. When That's you're improvising, you are acting and writing at the same time. Right. So, being on this show with these amazing, amazing cast of, 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 of actors, it worked for me because it's something I always wanted to do and something I've been improvising since shit. I've been improvising, playing around since high school. But right. once I got an opportunity, the first thing I actually did before I started doing stand up was I took an uh, improv class because mm. I knew that. And I, and I tell people all the time I don't care what you do, take an improv class. And, and you, you can sell houses. If you can, you have the ability to improvise your way Agreed. into shit and yes. out of shit. It's yes. the greatest yes. gift you can ever have. You know, it gives you that immediate gift of gab. It mm-hmm. gives you something to go to. It gives you a a a, a recovery. You can recover off things. Mm-hmm. You know, when you I tell anybody, I tell young people all the time, I said, man, before you jump into business, before you just take an improv class. Mm-hmm. Take them, just take one for, for the summer. It's like mm-hmm. once or twice a week, take it. I promise you put that in your toolbox. I'm telling you, it's going to help you in your business, help you in your personal. It's going to help you be able to uh, change gears, you know, in the moment. Man, it's, it's an amazing tool to have. So that, That's great yeah, advice. Yeah, it, it works for any occupation you want to do. It just allows you to dig deeper into you, who you are, and sell yourself even more.
0: <laughs> and and you will appreciate today's theme. And by the way, make sure you guys take J.B. Smooth's advice, improv, classes. I'm going to actually do it because I believe that will help me in the media also because oh, I like man. to be quick with it. And I'll yeah. tell the world a secret. I also like to watch diss rap. I also like to watch rappers disses against each oh, other yes. because Woo. they have to be witty. And I it watch be battle raps a lot. Yes, that's another good thing. Because they stimulate my mind, because you got to always be on your toes. So today's advice is bad advice, and this is the opposite <laughs> of what you give on your show, May I Elaborate Daily, words of wisdom from J.B. Smooth. <laughs> on your show, you take inspirational quotes from the yes. daily calendar and elaborate on them. You also give great advice from your heart. Yes. I like never be the first person to do something. Why wouldn't someone want to be the first person to do something?
1: Oh man, because it, his, it's called proceeding with caution. When you know what, what's waiting for you, oh my God, you're gonna attack it like you're gonna attack it when you know it's already there. Like someone telling you, "Look, man, when you take uh when you drive down south, hey man, shh, whatever you do, don't hop on 95 trying <laughs> to leave New York." On the holiday. Right. Don't 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 get on 95. Whatever you do, right. don't get on 95. <laughs> right. You're saying what? Don't get on 95. Yeah, man. And now you're thinking, oh, I see what he mean. Everybody's trying to leave New York at the same time. So Correct. you go around to the Barrazzanos, you mm-hmm. know, get on the Golden State, you know, the Garden State, uh-huh. and then you go up that way. And then you get on 95 after you surpass all the New York traffic. That's mm-hmm. what it means. It just means understanding that. You can watch someone do it well. And you can watch someone fuck it up. And yeah. guess what you're going to do? Mm. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to right. do that. i tell you that much. That, mm-hmm. That's what it really means. Don't be the first one to do anything. Why, why? You can be the first one to be successful at it, but you don't got to be the first one to try it. You know what I'm right. saying? You can, take, you can see what they did woo, and do it, do it your way because you know the pitfalls. You know what's waiting for you right. already. Oh man, you know what's making for your ass already. So exactly. that's why I love I love that quote so much. You know what I mean? You don't have to be the first one. You just gotta be the first one to master that shit. Exactly.
0: Ooh, Michael hey. Jackson wasn't the first person to moonwalk. Hell no.
1: He exactly. wasn't the first and one. Somebody taught him the moonwalk. I, I believe it, I believe it was Turbo uh taught him how to do it. Yes, and uh yeah, and and Shab-a-Doo and a yeah. couple
0: other people that yeah, were there.
1: You, somebody can teach you how to do it, but you look at it and analyze it, and how can I apply this to me? And how can I do it better? How can I do it to the best of my ability? What about elaborating on this quote? And here it is. If you can't beat them, join them. If you can't beat them, join them means if you can't be attached, your style to something, they're telling you, to bring your style someplace else and link the styles together. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you ain't shit. It don't mean you ain't shit. It don't mean you can't. It don't mean specifically you can't beat them. It means that what you are doing right now is not enough to be a part of something bigger than what you are doing. Mm So I already say, if you can't beat them, join them. Mm -hmm. I say this. If my thing is this, I turn that shit around. If you can't join them, Mm -hmm. beat their ass. Mm. You, you, I, I turn it around. Sometimes I right. take a and I switch it around because the order makes more sense to me in my head. You know what I'm saying, right? I don't. I don't gotta. I don't gotta join you, right? I beat you. I beat J. I beat you. I beat you, right? I yeah. definitely I you. appreciate you taking your time.
0: But lastly, I want to ask you this because this one is personal to me. Okay. Because for me, when it first came out, the movie Pootie Tang with Chris Rock. Okay. classic, Cold like classic. straight classic, right? Mm-hmm. But Roger Ebert gave the film a half-star rating, saying, quote, the film is not in a releasable condition. Yet 20 years later, as I mentioned, it's a classic. People Black. love the comedy and praise it as iconic. How does it feel to be in something that was once panned so badly
1: that is now beloved? It is you know even before the movie dropped, I said you know what, this is going to be a cult classic. Here's how I related: all those characters of SNL that had movies, Wayne's World, and all those you know all those movies started as you know superstar, superstar. All those movies, all those characters that had movies, they never they these movies never do never um, they make the money back, but mm-hmm. they never they. They just become cult classics. Now, cult classics are not box office classics where they make tons and tons of money. They are just movies that fans of those characters want to see. That's all all you can get out of it. Right. But you know what? The movie is definitely not perfect. The movie is definitely funny and fun, but it's got to be your thing. See, here's oh. the thing. I'll tell you, I tell you this, this. This is cool. See, we, we can watch anything. Any movie you got. And yeah. I use Blockbuster. So Blockbuster's old, but back then, we could walk into a Blockbuster and watch any movie in there. Mm-hmm. We have to be well, well-rounded Correct. because we are part of this country and we, got to, we have to know a little bit about everything. Correct. We can walk in that bad boy and watch any movie on that shelf and get it. But everybody can't just walk into Blockbuster and pick up Friday. Everybody can't walk in Blockbuster. You know, you just can't, you, you, don't, understand you don't understand why it. these dudes are like sitting it. on this goddamn porch, <laughs> you know, and talking like this. You don't understand this Debo dude coming up here You're knocking on my You don't, my soup. you will never get it. You, you, you don't get it because it's 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 a different type of cinema. And right. you got it, you know, and I say, I say, I say that because, you know, when you do movies like this, it's, it's a, it becomes a passion project. Mm-hmm. It becomes, man, this, it becomes from sketch to, man, We should do a movie about this, man. This would be crazy as hell. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? And people, and I'm going to tell you something, to this day, people bring that movie up once in a while, you know, yes. I'm walking through the airport, you know, what up, Chucky? <laughs> 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 All the stuff I've done, you bring. You know how old that movie is? The movie from ninety two. Yeah, 92?
0: man, those are rings. Those are championships. When people come up to you and yell yeah. out your
1: characters, those are championships. Yeah, yes, indeed, man. And you and you realize, and people to the point where they love it like that. Oh uh, man, I was. Oh, it's so funny. So last week and a half ago, you know, uh, I got my honorary doctorate at Norfolk State University. Right? Congratulations. I did, commis- I did the commencement speech, right? So I'm sitting on stage, you know, after I did my commencement speech, I'm sitting on stage and the, you know, all the all these amazing students are coming by getting their diploma, right? This is so funny. So I'm sitting there, I'm in the front row with the with, with the president of the, of the university. And, and one of the, you know, some kids come, they dance, you know, hey, what up, mama, you know, whatever. <laughs> one dude came up there, got, got his diploma, right? And he said, uh, can I go to the farm with you? He did a line from Pootie Tang. <laughs> he said, "Can I go to the Can I go to the farm with you?" Let me say, man. I, yo, I started laughing so hard, man, I started crying. I said, "Yo, man." I just, I, I said, I just pointed to him. I said, "Yo, man, <clears throat> that was hilarious." Can I go to the farm with you, Pootie? Can I go to the farm with you, Pootie? Yo, man. And he get his diploma, and that's what he was thinking about. What he that's gonna dope. do when he get on that damn stage is, can I go to the farm with your booty? That's, that's like, and this dope. kid. What, this kid is? This kid can't be no more than nineteen.
0: Correct. The movie's older than him. The movie older than him. All right. So before I let you get out here, I, I like to do a rapid fire segment called Uh-oh. "Gone in Sixty Seconds." You ready to do this, JB Smooth? Let's go. All right. Who in your life? Has given you the best advice.
1: Woo! Who am I allowed to give my best life? Uh, I would say. What's my mama? My mama. Shout mama. Shout mama. Stand up or acting? Woo! Wait. Uh, I would have to say stand up for the immediate response. It takes a long time for a movie to come out. Yes.
0: I <laughs> I am, <laughs> I really a- by the way. I, you're the professional but just as a fan one of the things i always try to do when people say like who's the best comedian i always think back to who give me classic stand-ups so yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you just said that because that balance yeah, that thinking for me
1: yeah man yes indeed.
0: what's your favorite podcast oh my favorite podcast oh
1: man See, I like, I like science stuff, man, like Neil deGrasse Tyson or something like that, man. I like I like stuff I can learn from. And in turn, the learning about stuff, it, it, it helps my writing. It helps right. me stay up on my writing and helps me take something, change things. Reality. We, we take reality and make reality funny and relatable to people. So it's another lane for me to grab hold of some information that I need just to put a button on things.
0: Absolutely. Two more before I let you get out of here. And again, I appreciate the love. And this one's kind of controversial. Which city has a
1: better comedy scene: New York or LA? Come on, man! Without a doubt, New York City, man. You could do four shows in one night in New York. uh, LA got you. Got nights. New York, you can do. It was. You know how many times I left? I would perform here, go here, go here, and then go there for a late show. You can do four shows in a night in New York, or you can go to each borough, more boroughs to go to. You got Queens, you got Brooklyn, you got Westchester. You, got, you can even go to Jersey, you can go to Connecticut. Anywhere in your vicinity, you can perform and hit these spots. Or you, yes. you can have a good car, a car that run good. Three or four shows, or four shows a night, easily.
0: <laughs> the city that never sleeps. And last but certainly not least, name one actor or comedian that you really want to work with but you haven't worked with yet, Samuel L. Jackson.
1: <clears throat> he always doing real... movies. Uncle Sam do ten movies a month. I, it's so crazy. I met Sam for the first time. It was so weird. I met him for the first time on the red carpet of really? Spider Man, of Spider Man Far From Home. First <laughs> of all, I, when I when when uh, he found out I was going to be in the movie, and he said, uh, I, I heard this from the grapevine on set." They were like, "Wait a minute." J.B. Smooth was in Spider-Man 5 Home Home, and, and I ain't working with him? And he ain't on set? <laughs> he, he ain't on set? And then for the first time at, at the red carpet for the movie, I met Sam for the first time, man. And we talked and we hugged each other like we, you That's know, like not. this is the greatest thing on earth. I said, man, we got to do something together, man. Come on, That's man. Not. I think you have a unique voice, man, a unique style, man. I think together we That's will hurt not. somebody, man. We were hurt. we we were have so much fun together. He said, "We got to do it, JB. We got to do it, man." I said, "We got to do it, Sam. I love you, man, so much." Samuel L. Jackson, man, he's on, he's right there. He's you guys right there, heard
0: man. it on the Renaissance Man podcast. JB Smooth, just let you know, he and Samuel L. Jackson gonna be cooking up something soon.
1: Ooh,
0: hoo, hoo, it's Stay tuned. I appreciate the love, my brother. <laughs> Continued success and health. Take care of yourself and I'll see you soon. I love you,
1: man. I appreciate the love, brother. Absolutely. (laughs) Have a good one. Last Last call, call. last Last call. call.
0: In Phoenix, I heard those two words for the first time in almost two years. However, for all of you people that decided not to get vaccinated, let me just tell you a secret. You're going to need it. It's better for you, and it's better for us if you decide to get vaccinated. Now that I got that off my chest, i like to thank JB Smooth for stopping by the podcast. I was dying laughing. I came front. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. But my favorite thing about our conversation is that JB Smooth is not afraid to be himself in every situation. So much so, it'd be a disappointment if he toned it down. That's freedom. So many times we're conditioned to be a certain way, especially in professional settings. Just fit in, tuck your shirt in, wear a blazer, wear a college shirt. But just because JB Smooth is loud and coordinates his hats with his clothes and hasn't changed his accent does not mean he's any less professional. For example, he showed up to this interview early and ready to go. And I ain't nobody special, but he did it for you guys. How much better would our lived experiences be if we unapologetically showed up as our authentic selves 100% of the time without having to worry about how we're being perceived? I know y'all saw me. Game one, Western Conference Finals, Father's Day. Y'all saw me with that brown streak in my hair like Kwame. That was for me. That was my Father's Day streak gift to myself because I wanted to be unapologetically me that day. Showing up unapologetically as myself. If you wear your hair the way you want, if you didn't want to shorten your name to make it easier to pronounce, I'm encouraging everyone, be yourself. And at your next interview, your next date, your next pitch meeting, make others see the value in you as your authentic self. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.